What's happening guys? Chris from Good Looking Loser Lifestyle and I didn't think I'd be doing this video today or in the immediate like week but I got some inspiration um, thanks to this guy right here. This is Puddles and you might you might know him from Happy Hippo. He's our little mascot. His color is actually baby blue. He appears as a pink hippo on the site but um, thankfully and this video isn't going to be like about Kratom. I know you guys who don't use Kratom are sick of seeing those videos. But um, obviously it's for a good cause. I've been really, really successful in helping the movement. But um, it's crazy how um, when the ban was coming up, the DEA's ban, which they temporarily have pushed back right now or they're reconsidering entirely, uh, I dumped all my Kratom. You know, I, I wasn't keeping any because I am a vendor. And, um, you know, it's... Uh, it's pretty well known that I'm a vendor, so I, I definitely had to get rid of it. So I didn't really have a lot in stock for myself or for or for Hippo, and um, I just got the new stuff in stock. It'll be available to you guys this week, and it's like it's incredible. It's crazy when you know I was just using like three for um, just like rotating three, and now I have like eight, and it's incredible how much just a new a new strand that you haven't used in a while can really. Um, really boost your mood and productivity. I mean, I swear by this stuff. You know me and Kratom that really, um, really been life-changing for me. Okay, so promise last time I'll mention Kratom in this video. We have a new post coming out tomorrow, November 7th, the day before the general election in the United States, and that will be a business post. And uh, you guys will really like that if you're starting a blog or you're, you're like early into it. And um, I think it'll be really helpful for you. And uh, this video, however, is not connected with that post. This video is something else entirely. And um, I'm also writing up a post for this video, but that won't come out for a while. But I'm going to release the video today, hopefully Sunday, and you guys will check it out. So a little update on me. As you know, I have not been as active on Good Looking Loser this summer. I've had a really shitty summer. And um, by anybody's uh, standards, life is still good, don't get me wrong, but something definitely happened this summer, which I hope to God to be able to tell you about publicly. It would explain a lot of things. And, um, well, maybe it'll explain a lot of things. I'm hyping it up now, right? Like, it's crazy, it's crazy, it's crazy. But I don't think this story is going to disappoint. It's, uh, it's pretty wild. Nothing like this has ever happened to me before. And... Um, after, you know, that was that was the summertime and at the end of summer, literally when I was getting off the plane, going to a city that I had to resolve this matter in, I got a text from a banker guy that I know and he says, did you hear the news about Kratom? And I said, no. And he said, schedule one. And I looked into it and I was like, oh my God. So the summer was rough and then I'm greeted with that news and, you know, I've had to drop pretty much everything. Obviously, other than my Happy Hippo and Red Supplements responsibilities and do whatever I could as, you know, as part of like the, the lead on YouTube and the lead on Twitter as far as saving Kratom. And thankfully, we've been really successful. Everybody's been really successful. So also, I got to admit this summer, and maybe you guys can, uh, can attest to this too, this election in the United States has been pretty crazy. You know, the, the, the campaign seasons have been absolutely insane and i'm definitely ex experiencing long experiencing uh, election fatigue and that election is on tuesday trump clinton and it's unlikely that if regardless who wins the election that the political differences in the united states are going to be you know yeah, forgotten anytime soon so 
Um, it's been a colossal distraction. I have to admit that I have been into it, and many of you guys have too. Um, and I, I stayed out of politics for a long, long time, 11 years, not even listening to anything about it. But, you know, this is, um, this is a special time in American history, no matter what happens. But I have to say, I, I'm happy the election is on Tuesday and get it out of the way so I can get back to uh, probably more important things in life. And you guys probably feel the same way. So between the summer, the Kratom ban, and a general election fatigue, and um, my first real case in a long time of perfectionism, really, and I'm the guy that tells you, you know, B plus is good enough, above average, above average, you know, and if you try to make it perfect, you're going to get nothing. You know, sometimes it'll be perfect, sometimes it won't. All you need is, is B plus material and, you know, the world will love you. And I fully believe that. But what happens is when you don't publish or post on your blog for a while, people start wondering what's happening, what's happening, and they expect something real big out of you when you come back. And um, that's harder. Like, it really is. I had an easier time doing more regular content, which I hope to get back to. There's definitely things to resolve. But um, I have gotten a kick of motivation. Posts will be out tomorrow. So I admit it. There's been some perfectionism with me. And, you know, I've ditched a lot of stuff that you guys would probably be happy with. And maybe I'll end up publishing it anyway. But, um, you know, brighter days are ahead. And, again, I hope to really explain to you what has been going on with me this summer. And um, your jaws would drop. They really will. And um, by all means, there's no like silver lining or good thing about it, but we shall see. Now, this post, now, I was going to, there's going to be a blog post with it. I have not written it up yet. And um, I realized, though, if I keep waiting on it, that uh, it's going to take too long. So I'm doing this video, which will contain much of the information in that, but it also helped me brainstorm for it. So I have some notes written down as usual, and we'll get to it. Now, I'm very, very proud of my insights from experience. Obviously, I'm 34 years old on this topic, okay? And I have noticed that the way I'm going to cover this topic, which I'm calling in the title of the post, my number one tip for aspiring or new entrepreneurs, why people quit every time, I'm really happy with my insights on this because it's a the topic of why people quit and um, you know the the whole psychological analysis of first year entrepreneurs is really discussed at length, but it doesn't usually take this angle that I have. So I'm really happy on this on the angle I have with it, and um, I suspect, hardly suspect, but. I bet that it will be copied on other places on the internet. You know where you heard it first. And uh, all my stuff gets copied. I mean, like within like a week or two, a lot of, of like it just really shows up somewhere on the internet. Concepts like screening and retention. I don't care that much if those are copied because no one has enough experience with this stuff to really like write up a, a really good blog post or video on it. But this is one that could be copied, okay? So if you see it anywhere, you know where it came from, okay? By all means, I didn't invent this subject. I just have a unique take on it. I think, uh, I think it'll help, help you guys. All right, get to it. Eight-minute introduction. Sorry about that. This topic, 
we are applying it to business, okay? Entrepreneurship, startup, business, business, business. But truthfully, it can be applied to anything in life, okay? It has a very far-reaching, broad, um, what's the word, right? Reach, if you will, for this. So it can apply to anything. All right, so let's start. I argue that the number one reason that people quit on things, okay? Especially in the first year, really especially in the first two or three years, but especially in that first year has to do with expectations, largely unrealistic expectations, all right? The reason that people quit on stuff is their expectations, okay? Now, maybe that has you thinking. Good. I want you to think about this because I certainly have myself. I argue that for a lot of people, and I've seen it a million times on the internet with guys starting up new blogs, okay? Again, the blog thing is just an example. It's a metaphor for a bigger type of thing here of projects, ventures, skills, um, businesses that people quit on usually in the first year. I argue that success or failure is almost already decided by the mindset and the expectations that people have when they start. Now these expectations, they can be conscious or they can be subconscious or even unconscious, okay? It can be all three, expectations of all three. Now, usually, those expectations from the quitters, from people that quit on stuff, we'll get to when it's okay to quit in a second, is because they're unrealistic. Or it's either that the result is unrealistic, but that's usually not. It's usually the time frame that is unrealistic, okay? And... This happens to a lot of guys that are incredibly enthusiastic about their new venture, about their new blog, about their new business, about their new whatever, about meeting women after they read Good Looking Loser or another website that they, they dig, right? They're unrealistic and they don't even know it, okay? And as they proceed through their first newbie year. I call it the red shirt year. I have an old post on Good Looking Loser that's pretty good on why you should consider your first year of anything. A red shirt year, meaning it's a throwaway year. It's totally for learning and nothing else. It ain't for money. It ain't for sex. It ain't for influence. It ain't for power. It's not for nothing but learning. Okay. Red shirt year. It's taken from the, um, from college football or really any NCA sport, basically. Your first year is a total throwaway year. And I think that is a healthy mentality because what people do instead is, especially you guys that are around self-improvement and even more so in generic self-improvement, right? The little <coughs> spear that we have, mano, spear, spear. Um, not, the, not the feminism stuff, but the, you know, be your best self stuff, manosphere, that type, empowerment sphere. People, they're told to dream big, think big, you know, and Mr. Donald Trump has certainly pushed that recently too. He's been an inspiration for a lot of people. 
And that's good. However, most of these people that quit on stuff, that's their problem. They're thinking way too big. And they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be dreaming too big. They shouldn't be. Now, I'll certainly get some criticism from people that say, you know, you got to think big or it won't turn into and you're like, you got to dream. It's about dreaming. It's about dreaming. First off, it's not about dreaming. It's about doing. But dreaming can be very toxic. Okay. Especially when the dream has a narrow time frame. Okay. Now that's obvious and you know what I'm saying, but I'm talking about the first year here. Okay, most people don't think they're going to create a multi-million dollar business in the first year, right? For like a first business. Most people, they would settle for whatever, right? Often that whatever, and this is such a thing that always gets tossed around, is $100,000, right, in the first year. Or the first three years, right? $100,000, the big, the big six, six digits, Right, $100,000, that is a goal on almost everybody's chart in a certain time frame, okay? <clears throat> that goal's too big. It's too big for the medium term, and it's certainly too big for the short term. All right, I'm going to get into why that is in a second. So you can take a step back and look at your own expectations, reflect on this very beautiful Sunday, stuff in your past that you quit on, that you were initially very excited about, and think about how those expectations came into play. I'm gonna give some personal examples here, which um, obviously I can speak of, but you probably have something in your life that's very, very similar to that. Okay, so, some of you guys know that way back when, we're talking about high school and um, in my 20s, I was a really good hockey player. I argue that the only thing I ever did naturally, like really well, was play hockey. Some of you guys know that, other you guys don't take my word for it. Hockey, real good, okay? I got recruited for a junior A team in my, I believe it was like first, first two years of hockey, which is really a, quite an accomplishment. I didn't end up playing for them, but, um, that was for other reasons. Actually, it's not for other reasons. It's part of this expectations thing. So I was really good at hockey. My first year of skating, not just playing hockey, my first year of ice skating, I made the varsity team at my school. And that was a very, very big accomplishment. So when I had a good start at hockey, ice hockey now, roller hockey, inline hockey was something else. We're going to talk about ice hockey here. I had a good start to my ice hockey career, right? We had the making the varsity uh, freshman year, which was unheard, not unheard of for freshmen, but completely unheard of for, for uh, hockey players that just started skating or recently started skating. Unheard of. So that gave me some confidence, but that also gave me a little bit of ego. And a little bit of ego is okay, but maybe you see where I'm going with this. And then, you know, after the, the summer on um, my my freshman year of high school that summer between sophomore year, I got recruited to the Rochester Junior Americans, a junior A hockey team. And that is quite an accomplishment because I don't know what other people were doing, but there are so, so few, let alone 
young, inexperienced hockey players from the Washington, D.C. area that even get any sort of like scouting for that. And here they were offering me to move to Rochester and play for the team. So that boosted my confidence too, but it also boosted my ego, right? So everything looked like it was working out. I was going to make the NHL after all. That is the professional hockey league, the highest level professional hockey in the United States and in Canada. I was going to make the NHL after all. That was my dream starting as uh, young as sixth grade. Make the NHL. And again, in sixth grade, I wasn't, I couldn't skate. So I was just playing like, I was just playing um, video games. You know, EA Sports, the NHL series was so good. It was so good. I guess they still have it around now. I haven't played it in a long, long time. But um, from that video game, I was like, I want to play hockey professionally. I want to be one of these guys. I love that video game. I was so good at that video game too. Um, but when you do nothing else in your life and you play video games, you better be damn good at video games. But sure enough, I started playing hockey and I got good really, really quick. It was one of the only things I did naturally. So I had this expectation when I started, like when I st- finally got on the skates and was doing pretty good in summer league and stuff like that, that I was going to be in the NHL. Like something would happen and I knew that it wouldn't be something would happen. I would just get better and better and better and better and um, move up, move up, move up. Probably play in college for a couple years before I went pro. And that was that was the expectation, right? And that's a good dream. You know, these dreams, they don't come true by accident. See, it's good to have those dreams. But what was bad about the dream, again, it wasn't the dream, it was the time frame. I saw myself just getting exponentially better at hockey every single day. Because when I started in my first year, arguably I got better every single day. You know, a little bit better, but got better every single day. But I found by my sophomore year, you know, I had this this ego to me now that I didn't have when I was uh, toughing it out freshman year. And I, I was really earning the respect of a lot of people. I came back after that summer with this ego, like, you know, I'm the, I'm the hot shot prospect here and, and stuff like that. But the problem there was I was just a prospect. My game wasn't actually that good. I mean, it was good enough to make the varsity team and be the best player on a lot of my house teams and stuff like that. I played travel hockey, one of the best players on there. But I was nowhere near as good as, like, a lot of the other players on the team that have played for 10, 15 years, you know, they've been, let alone playing for 10 or 15 years, I'd only been skating for about one or two years. So I came back with this cocky ego and these unrealistic expectations. And long story short, it killed my hockey career because I thought I was hot shit. Um, I definitely worked hard, tried, kept trying hard, but I came back with this, with this ego and um, like I wasn't happy with my playing time. You know, I thought that I should, I should get way more playing time. I thought that um, the coaches, like they, they weren't taking me seriously. I was kind of like, you know, I'm this hotshot prospect. You have these other kids that have played hockey for 10, 15 years. And I'm like, and they're barely better than me. And, and most of them I'm better than. And you're giving them the playing time. Like develop me. I'm the I'm the hotshot prospect from the streets, not from the streets, but you know what I'm saying. So that ego, 
and clashing with coaches and the realization that I had this sense of entitlement, a bad one in this case. We talk about sense of entitlement with girls, man, good thing. A sense of entitlement in life for when you're learning a, a skill can be a bad thing. And um, sure enough, that sophomore year was really, really bad. Really, really bad. And uh, I started hating my coaches. I think I I got injured. Uh, my wrist got hurt. It was like a couple weeks injury, but I was just so pissed off that when it was healed, like I didn't even want to come back to play. I'm not playing for this coach. Like I should, I should be in, I should be in upstate New York playing against Canadians, man. Playing for this fucking coach. Like if he doesn't see what I bring to the table, you know. And then with that attitude, it was done. It was done. I've, I checked out. I never got any better. So it was really, it was really like. A, a dramatic rise and fall. It really was. So by junior year, I mean, I was still trying to play, still trying to get better, kind of realizing that, you know, maybe this NHL thing, maybe this, you know, superstar thing, like be a superstar in my sophomore year or junior year, like it wasn't happening for me, man. And, and I knew it. And then by junior year, I quit. I quit. That was my run. Like, that was my run in ice hockey. I played a little bit after that. And then I played inline ho hockey after that. We won a, ch a national title in inline hockey, but that, that was several years later. But for ice, ice hockey and going to the NHL, I was done. It was done. It was, and it, it just, it didn't end right. It just, it didn't end right. I don't say it haunts me because I got into a lot of other better things. Realistically, though, if I had made the NHL, I'm a better, above average athlete. I wouldn't have been like a superstar in the NHL. I would have been like a average player, probably at best. You know, there's not that many Americans that are really good at hockey um, compared, compared to the Europeans and Canadians that skate from the day that they're born pretty much. Um, I would have been average, okay? So um, looking back on that, you know, it, it would have obviously been cool to be in the NHL, but I was not going to be any superstar. I just wasn't. I come to grips with that now because, but back in, back in high school, I thought I was going to be like legit Mario Lemieux, Eric Lindros. Eric Lindros was my, was my favorite player. I wanted to be, um, I want to be like Eric Lindros or um, uh, Chris Chelios or, or some guys like that. But, you know, for a while there, I could really move and I had a lot of skill and a lot of potential, but I let it go to hell. I really did with my attitude. And it's, uh, and that was the end of that. Expectations. I thought I was going to get exponentially better. As I did when I started. But growth is not like that. It's not linear. You know, sometimes if you get lucky, you'll get a good kickstart. But then it's the, the improvements are harder and harder to make. So you have to put more work in to get, you know, smaller amounts of skill. And um, my expectations were just way off for hockey. They were. They got inflated. My ego got inflated. And that was the end of Chris Diotis' hockey career. That was it. Um, at least for ice hockey. So hockey was... Um, that. The ending of that sucked. At least for ice hockey. Roller ho hockey was definitely a happy ending. But, well, that'll be for another time. <clears throat> next, uh, next little story I want to talk to you about. And expectations and how they crushed me. 
and um, was law school. Now, I'll argue that I wasn't really into law school, and I wasn't. I mean, it wasn't like hockey that I that I loved and I played every single day all the time. Law school, I wanted to go to law school because I had no idea what the fuck I wanted to do with my life. And that's a bad idea, by the way. Take time off. Go travel. Go learn about yourself. Hook up with girls. Don't go spend $100,000 to get into law school. Thankfully, I got a scholarship. Largely because I told the universities that I was a Native American. And I wasn't. I was just me. So, went to law school and I don't know what I pictured law school being. I thought it was going to be, yeah, there's a lot of reading, but um, if you watch my last video on, on Good Looking Loser Lifestyle, I had a very unique way of cheating on every test. And, um, you know, it was like, I had gotten into the pickup stuff a little bit, and um, I was like, I'm gonna get to law school, I'm gonna fuck all these girls, you know, because I, I didn't really have a huge sex life in undergrad. It was okay with average, but you know, I was gonna I was gonna be the big man on campus when I got to law school. And in a lot of ways I was, but um, I thought I was gonna be this hot shot lawyer and it's gonna be pretty easy and I could cheat on the test and you know, it'll all work out. But like I said in the last video, it caught up to me. Like I thought law school was gonna be pretty easy. I'm gonna be this hot shot lawyer. My inspiration was um, a lawyer in New York named Rick Collins. He's the steroid anabolic lawyer. Like, as I was definitely still into steroids then. I believed in them. I believe they're safe when used responsibly. They are, by the way. And I thought I was inspired by Rick because he defended a lot of people that got busted for, for steroids. And um, he was a great lawyer. And I wanted to be like that. But... It was, again, the going to law school and it was just going to be, you know, smooth sailing, a lot of reading, cheat, cheat, cheat. You know, I'll be okay. Use my wonderful personality to talk my way into good grades. Wasn't happening. And I knew that about 10 days in. Okay. Arguably, law school is not as good of an example as hockey is because hockey I loved. Like, I really loved hockey. I was, I was genetically gifted to play hockey. I have... I guess abnormally long legs, so I was super fast and everything like that. Reminiscing a little too much, but law school, you know, I wasn't all in, so that was part of it. But my expectations about, like, yeah, I get through it. Yeah, it's fucking college. Not gonna be hard, you know? No way. No way. I, I realized that right away, so I got out of that. So, <clears throat> as you know, after hockey, and I moved away from San Diego, and, um, I did sleep with some girls in law school. That was, I probably got, um, I don't know, a lot. Like, and this was just getting into the pickup stuff. It doesn't count because these like, some of them went to, went to the university, um, not just the law school, but the undergrad. So there was like a handful of girls in six months. That was good for me, you know, at the time before I got into the girls thing. So I moved to LA after my 10 days, which was really about six months living in San Diego for law school. And, um, I had this, you know, I moved to LA and I was being part of Brad P's pickup program. That's where I met Scotty and that was, you know, life-changing meeting meeting my man Brian, but also meeting uh, Brad P and his, his guys that definitely helped out my life. But I got to say, for my first like full year of pickup, if you will, I had the same cocky expectations that all I got to do is show up. You know, I've got a good body, I'm tall. Uh, better looking then than I am now, but nonetheless, all I'd have to do is show up. 
and these girls would be all over me because way back in the day, in college, in, in undergrad, girls were definitely feeling me. I just didn't have the courage to make it turn into anything most of the time. Like, I could have gotten a lot more in undergrad, but um, I didn't because I didn't know what I was doing. So I was going to learn all this confident stuff. I'm just going to show up, and it's going to be a piece of cake. You know, when you get into this pickup stuff, man, it's uh, it ain't easy in that first year. Like, it's really not. I had all sorts of approach anxiety, and my expectations for that first year, first full year, you know, I, I was... Um, did a little bit before then, but not, not on the regular, like I pretty much shut it down for a lot of that first year and I'm paying to be part of this program and everything. Um, not shut it down. I was still going out somewhat. I was hooking up with some girls and stuff like that, but I thought if I was full-time picking up girls in the first year, then I'm going to nail like 30 chicks, 30 chicks or something. And I think it ended up being about 10 or 11 by the end of the year. So I finished on a strong note. Um, six of the girls were in like in the last couple months of the year, but again, you know, I nearly shut down and quit on the whole pickup thing because I wasn't meeting my expectations. Okay. And I, it wasn't like I wrote down on a note card, what I'm going to achieve and like put it up just subconsciously, even consciously, but subconsciously I had these expectations that, you know, I'm going to show up to this pickup thing and you know, these Chicks are going to be all over me, right? Ironically, I had the same attitude when I was in my teens. I was just going to show up and get all these girls. And um, they came, but, you know, I didn't pull the trigger a lot of the time. So that was that was a, my problem. So, you know, my first year of uh, full, full-time pickup, I had these lofty expectations that were not realistic. And, uh, you know, I had a real hard time, like, trying to stick with it. I really did. Thankfully, after that year led up, I had a bit of momentum and uh, I moved out of the program. They didn't want me in the program anymore. And then I really got to know Scotty. And uh, we, would, we would talk a lot and he would just tell me stories. I would just try to soak it up like a sponge. And you know, he would tell me, it's like, no, this stuff about pickup isn't true. It's just like this, you don't need to do that. Why are you doing this? This doesn't matter. And then slowly but surely, you know, I I put it into practice. And um, for the next couple years, I guess full-time couple years, slightly after that, you know, born is good-looking loser. You know, born is screening. Born is retention. Born is all the girls that I probably should have gotten when I was younger. So... Thankfully, that was a happy ending, for sure. I mean, even to this day, it's a happy ending. I have a, a fabulous, beautiful girlfriend. You know, life is good, everything like that. Uh, she has no objections to me doing Good Looking Loser or anything like that. I mean, I'll talk to you about relationships sometimes, but um, it worked out, but it almost didn't. It almost all didn't because of lofty expectations, first-year expectations. Unrealistic. Unrealistic. So, as you guys know the story, it was about three years, two, three years of full-time pickup and then kind of a year or so of like part-time. When I was doing the personal training thing, and I actually had to, to get to work in LA and do some of the stuff. But I was, I was definitely, definitely still in it. I was way more efficient in getting girls. But come 2012, 
Born is the blog community channel, Good Looking Loser, right? Now, this is something that I really got the expectations right, okay, when I got into it, all right? So, I left LA because I wanted to get into the online thing. Plus, I was partied out. Plus, I had spent so much money in LA on drinks and drugs and all that kind of stuff. And it was probably killing me, but it was certainly killing me financially. So, I had to get out. So, I moved to Boise, Idaho. I have family here. My um, girlfriend to this day, she actually still lives in LA, but uh, she has family here. So it was a place where, you know, I could call home without being completely alone and stuff like that. So it's much, much cheaper too. So when I got started on Good Looking Loser, my expectations were this. After three years, I wanted to be making $50 a day after three years, not just after one year, after, after three years. 50 bucks a day. I reached the number $50 a day because back when I moved to Boise, more or less, I was still doing some like online nutrition, personal training, but all I needed to make was like $2,000. And that's about making like 50 bucks a day, 50 bucks a day. So if I can make 50 bucks a day in passive income after three years, I could fucking chill, all right? I could just chill. Obviously, this $50 a day after three years were unrealistic expectations. I did way, way better than that. I started making 50 bucks a day within, within the first, uh, I would say, four months or so of Good Looking Loser. Plus, I had hair loss from steroids. I was making money, too. Um, I was successful right away at internet marketing. I hate that word, internet marketing, at what I do. Okay, I'm, Perhaps hockey is not the only thing I'm good at. This online thing is, is, I'm good at too. I mean, you know that. Um, so I, I definitely brought something to the table to this whole thing that I didn't necessarily know. But I shattered the 50 bucks a day very, very quickly. And, um, but if my expectations weren't, or my goal, my three-year plan to make $50 a day, suppose it was to make within the first year $500 a day. Right, you make five hundred dollars a day. That's like one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars a year. Right, something like that. Five hundred bucks a day. I would have quit. I would absolutely quit. Okay, because what happens is when you have these expectations, how much you appreciate the experience. You know, they just say like appreciate. What, what's it say? I forget the 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 term. Just like enjoy the journey. Appreciate the experience. You cannot appreciate the experience when your expectations are so far off. You know, when you're not meeting your expectations, right? The first year of Good Looking Loser, I loved it. I didn't know what I was doing, but, you know, I was having fun. First, first, I mean, really, first all, all the years. But the reason I was having fun is I was like, hey, wow, I'm making like, making a hundred bucks a day. And my goal was to make like 50 in three years. And wow, wow, wow. Like I wonder where I, how big I can build this thing. This is great. This is awesome. Would my attitude been that if I was trying to make $500 a day and I was only making a hundred bucks a day, right? I would be saying, make a hundred dollars a day. It sucks. I need five times more to 
to, to be where I, where I want to be, you know, and I would have quit. Who likes waking up every day and, and feel like they're underachieving, right? You quit. It's the reason I quit everything before in my life that I was very serious about because I had expectations that apparently weren't realistic, okay? So that's GLL. The same thing happened with Happy Hippo. I was like, you know, I want to give guys on Good Looking Loser access to the same stuff that I use, you know, best stuff on planet Earth, Happy Hippo's Kratom. And I was like, yeah, I want to, you know, five or ten orders a day or something. I'd be happy with that. You know, I knew from Good Looking Loser that I, that I could probably shoot higher and, um, you know, be successful. But I was like, you know, five or ten orders a day, you know, after the first year or something. That'll be good. That'll be good. Um, well, let's just say we do, I would say we do between 800 and 1,000 a week. 800 to 1,000 a week. It's not huge compared to the, to the real big vendors. But Hippo is a small store. Like, Hippo is a small store. We have, like, five employees it's a small store, so it's really good, right? 800,000, um, 800 to 1,000 orders a week, that's a lot. It, it, it is, especially for a small store. So Hippo, shattered expectations. Good Looking Loser, shattered ex expectations. But I was wiser. When I started Good Looking Loser and Happy Hippo, I was, I was, a, I was wiser. I was in my late 20s, and uh, I knew how critical expectations were. And I didn't want to get ahead of myself, okay? The think big. As, as Cernovich, Mike Cernovich says, think big, but start small. You know, I'm actually going to change that. I'm going to turn around what he says. I'm going to say, start small, think big, right? Not think big, start small. It's a matter of semantics, possibly. But I think it's important. You've got to keep those expectations in check. Everyone that quits anything is not meeting their expectations 100% of the time. All right, and it could be that you do something, you suck at it. Like, you're, you're just not good at it. You don't have the genetic potential. You don't have the work ethic. Your head's not into it, even though you were formerly excited about it. It's just not your thing, right? Law school, right? Not my thing. You know, could I have done it? Yeah, maybe. Would I have been a... No, I would have been a slightly below average lawyer. That's what... That, that was my ceiling on that. You know, it wasn't for me, so I had to quit. Right? No, no biggie. Right? It, it happens. So the reason I quit, though, like I said, was it was, it was, it was too much work. And I thought it would be less work and I'd get through it. And, you know, but it was, too, it was way too much work. I found that out very quickly. But look back on your life. Look back on the last thing, the last five things that you were excited about, like you were genuinely excited about when you started but quit within one or two years. Why was that? It could be that you were just not meant to do it, but being part of just not meant to do it is not hitting your expectations, okay? So anytime, look back, look now, look to the future, expectations, okay? That is why people quit. That is why people quit. When they don't hit their expectations, they think they're underachieving. No one likes to underachieve for over a year. They quit. Some people stick with it very valiantly, but um, it's all in your expectations. You know, it, it really is all up here with that. You know, it's like make $100 a day on Good Looking Loser in the first year. If my goal is to make $500, I would be down in the dumps. My goal is to make $50 after three years. So $100 a day, Good Looking Loser the first year, 
you know, I'm throwing a party. I'm happy with it. You know, I'm waking up every day um, really optimistic. So that's what I want you to do when you after this video or during it, you know. Think about the last things that you got real excited about. Why did you quit? I guarantee expectations are at least in part, if not in whole, the number one reason, okay? Realize that, realize that, okay? So the next thing that you do, or whatever you're currently doing, you got to sit down, go to a quiet place, walk around, whatever. Go to a quiet place in your head, and really reevaluate those expectations. Now, I know guys are going to ask me, though, what are realistic expectations, Chris? You've given us all this kind of stuff, but what are realistic? What's realistic? That's a toughie. That's hard to give you because there's so many different types of businesses, so many different types of things that, um, you know, the expectations, it really is all over the place. But whatever your expectations are, you know what? Cut them into a third for the first year, right? Still dream big, still think you're gonna go to the NHL, still think you're gonna have a profitable online business that makes millions, right? It's all well and good. But for the first year, cut whatever expectations you have in half or a third and a third, one third. Okay, that's my advice for that. Those are your expectations, right? I've seen it happen a million times online, right? If you've been with us for the past four or five years, you've seen and perhaps maybe you've been behind one of the blogs that opened up and when you got started you were banging out content you were banging out videos posts audios podcasts you were banging them out banging them out or you saw a site like that where the guy you know was new and the guy was full of enthusiasm you could tell it's a good thing where they were banging out a lot of stuff and then all of a sudden it slows down it slows down a little bit and then maybe they have another little run, you know, for like a couple months or so, and then disappears from the internet, disappears from the face of the earth, or just goes silent. Goes silent, okay? That is not what has happened with Good Looking Loser. Good Looking Loser has exceeded all my expectations um, times probably about, well, if it's 50 bucks a day, it's exceeded it by uh, 20 times. So, you know, Gen generally that's conservatively speaking when the blog's more active it's more like 25 but anyway all those businesses all those blogs all those youtube channels all those everything that just stop the guy wasn't meeting his expectations that's what happened that's what's happened okay so in your first year especially but your first three years you got to keep those expectations in check. I wouldn't even have a three-year plan. I wouldn't even have a three-year... Well, if you're realistic about it, it's good. It's, a, it's good to have milestones and stuff like that. You want to have a big vision, but don't put a damn time frame on it. Okay, The correct time frame, as my business partner and colleague Victor Pride says, is as long as it takes. As long as it takes. And he's right. As long as it takes. Okay? Big picture, big dream, as long as it takes. In the meantime, one-year plan, three-year plan, cut it in a third, okay? Cut it in a third. Because if Good Looking Loser got to year three and I wasn't making 50 bucks a day, I would not have posted ever again, okay? I would have saw it coming too. I mean, you see this stuff coming in the first 
yeah, you, you see it coming. So it probably wouldn't even have gone three years, but um, thankfully it did. Thankfully you guys have hung out. Thankfully you guys have put up with YouTube videos that are 44 minutes long right now. Um, expectations, baby. Success or failure. 100% of the reason that people quit on stuff. I'm even going to go with 100%. I could be safe and say like 90%. 100% of the time that people quit is because they're not meeting their short and medium term expectations. Okay, You do have to try a lot of things in life. You do have to quit a lot of things in life like I did. Law school is a perfect example. Ice hockey, you could say that's an example too. That is an example. You know, even bodybuilding is an example. Not that I was ever trying to be a competitive bodybuilder, but look at me now. And I do have to go to the gym a lot more. I, I'm not saying I didn't hang up the uh, weightlifting gloves. I don't wear weightlifting gloves, but I didn't hang up the whole gym thing. But, um, you know, that was largely a success. Gym was largely a success. Um, if not a hyper over success, hardly over success, it's har hyper overly uh um, obsessed. You know my gym story. Read or listen to the series Plight of a Lonesome Bodybuilder. If you like my stuff, that's a really good series. Google that. Plight of the Lonesome Bodybuilder. Good looking loser. You probably don't even have to put on the good looking loser part. Plight of the Lonesome Bodybuilder. You'll find all my stuff. Okay, it, That post was shared many, many places. Uh, it ranks high in Google, so you'll find me there. Um, let's wrap it up. Expectations. Cut them in a third. That's the only way you'll stick with things. 100% of the time when people quit, they think they're underachieving and not meeting their short-term and medium-term expectations. Happens all the time. You and me have seen it throughout the years. You've seen it with yourself. I've seen it with myself. And we've seen it with other people. Okay? So if you're really excited about something, don't set yourself up for failure psychologically. Really. Think about those expectations. You know? I'd love to give everyone like a benchmark, like X amount of dollars, X amount of time. Hard to do when I don't know what you're doing. You know, if you're selling um, fish oil, as uh, someone who works for me does, it's different than if you're selling, or if you're like an affiliate for Amazon, you know, selling fish oil. If you're an affiliate for Amazon selling fish oil, you're not going to make as much as if you're selling your own fish oil. Okay, so... It varies too much. It's, it, I can't give you a standard for everyone. But at this point, I'm just repeating myself. I can't do these videos in 10 minutes, guys. I can't do these videos in 5 or 10 minutes. There's way too much to tell you. And I know that's why at least some of you guys love me. So new post out tomorrow, election on Tuesday. Get out and vote as long as you're not voting for... Um, I'm not going to even go there. Not going to even go there. Not going to end on a bad note, right? You know who I support. Gary Johnson. But I didn't vote for him. I voted for Trump. Um, like I said, I'm not going to go there. Not going to go there. Have a nice day.